Welcome back to Juxtaposition. Y'all know the drill. I'm JC and LC, my good brother and listeners out there. I hope everyone is well and feeling great about life <laughs> and the vast amount of opportunities that we have sitting right in front of us as we lean in this year. How you doing, bro? Man, brother, I'm doing great. It's great to hear your voice, my man. Um, and it's always great to be back. Had a uh, dope week. Looking awesome, forward man. to a peaceful weekend. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but uh looks like today we have a relatively spicy topic today, bro. And I'm okay. uh and I know there's a lot to unpack, so I just I do want to jump right in if I may. Um I'm gonna start with a a few questions on on this this topic before I even get to what the topic is. Mm-hmm. Um the first question I would love to ask the audience, um, and I want everybody to kind of reflect on these things. What does it mean to be comfortable? When you think about your comfort, what does that look like? Is it you resting, knowing that all your bills are paid for the month or knowing that a new deal just came through? Or maybe it's you and your spouse getting along, not arguing. Um, you know, either way, comfort, just to give us a, the Webster definition of it, comfort is defined as a state of physical ease and freedom from pain or constraint. So that's, again, my, my first question what does comfort mean to you? And my next question is how many of us find ourselves feeling or operating in complacency while having comfort? And bro, if I may um, interject, I love how you've paralleled those two words together. Yep. Uh, Because when you first mentioned comfortability, the same sentiments of ease and pleasure came to my mind, but I don't think we often realize the negative correlation that sits within the realm of comfort. For example, as I think about my career, as I've matured in my career, I've grown to learn that to embrace this narrative of comfortability, it doesn't produce an ability for fruitful growth. Fruitful right. growth never happens in comfortable situations and comfortable mm-hmm. environments, even though many of us enjoy comfortability. Um, so which I think that's what you're getting at, right? Yes, um, yes. Comfortability has an opportunity to spill over into complacency very easily. So for those of us listening um, who have been comfortable this past year, 2023, or even the past couple of years, right? Elsie, your question might actually be revealing a few things about what has actually hindered our growth in our Mm. career, our character, our family, let alone our relationship with Christ. The reason we have breath in our very bodies and the determining factor for the rest of what this year will look like. It's God, right? Right. Including what eternity will look like. But let me not get too ahead of myself, but I really appreciated the correlation between comfortability and that strong tie to complacency. But since mm-hmm. you mentioned complacency, let's let's dig into that, bro. How would you define or how is complacency defined? Yeah, so I'll, for one, I love how you captured uh, this, that summary of, of comfort, bro. But for complacency, complacency is defined as smug or uncritical satisfaction. Satisfaction? Yep, satisfaction. Sorry. That's <laughs> like, we make words up now. <laughs> yeah, that was sounding real, yeah, was sounding pick, real profound, look, though. Look, I got to give was, it to you. It, it was, sound, right? It sounded very profound. <laughs> you are a scholar. <laughs> uh, 
Love the bloopers. Um, uh, (laughs) uh, Somebody that's, you know, again, impressed with one achievement. So, again, I think going back to being uncritical, right? Somebody that, Mm. in other words, you know, you've arrived. There's nothing wrong in anything that you have done type of deal. Mm. Um, And so if you haven't guessed by now, today's episode is called Comfortable Complacency. Mm. Um, And I believe that comfort is a feeling or experience that we all desire, right? Like whether mm-hmm. it's lounging on your couch comfortably unbothered by anything or anyone enjoying your favorite TV shows uninterrupted left to do as you please. Sounds beautiful. Sounds beautiful. Amazing. Um, but again, as Big you butt. already kind of articulated earlier, mm-hmm. have we ever stopped to ask mm-hmm. if our desire to be comfortable is more damaging than actually being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and I think to elaborate a little more, I'd ask that, where are you drawing your comfort from, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's another thing that we got to ask ourselves when we think about comfort, where is it that we believe, where's the well of water of comfort that we go from? Is it our jobs? Maybe it's our family, where we're mm-hmm. comfortable in our homes. These things bring us comfort. Or do we understand comfort from a biblical perspective? Right. So jumping into uh, Psalms, uh, chapter 94, verse 19, the Amplified, it says, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your comfort delights me. Mm. And the thing about that text, the thing is, you're never going to understand comfort without first being uncomfortable. Mm. So when you're anxious, overwhelmed, discouraged, burdened, uh, what are you drawing to that's going to bring you comfort? Mm-hmm. Is it is it your spouse because you know you feel overwhelmed, so you need somebody to hug you, make you feel a little better? Is it your money? Uh, you know, showing that you have some form of status. Maybe it's a bottle in the cabinet or mm-hmm. some other form of substance that could take your mind out of reality for a moment, right? right. Or is it the grace of God? Mm-hmm. And again, me and JC always go back to our understanding of our Father's nature in order to be able to juxtapose this life that we all live. And if I'm telling you that your assumptions of comfort is misleading without God, what would your response be? Mm. Because I can guarantee that most people who believe that they have self-generated comfort, they're they're dangerously complacent, Mm. right? And and I want to be kind of clear on this. Complacency juxtaposes godly comfort Yet, it promotes self-staining comfort, Mm -hmm. which is nothing more than an illusion, Mm -hmm. right? So complacent people, they have no desire to lean into uncomfortability. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, this leads to prideful delusion. Mm -hmm. Um, And and again, what if I was to tell you that your uncomfortability was designed specifically for you not to just draw near, but to develop an understanding and appreciate who God is and his actual nature, right? Taking away your assumptions of him. And, and here's a little more proof of that. If you were to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 6. But if we are troubled and distressed, mm-hmm. it is your comfort and salvation. So again, let me say that again. But if we are troubled, and distress it is for your comfort and salvation Mm. or 
if we are comforted and encouraged. It is for your comfort, which works in you when you patiently endure the same sufferings which we experience. And, and bro, this is where I got to tag you in because yeah. on, on this note, do do you think the concept of suffering, suffering in an experience, do you, do you think that concept of comfort is practiced or understood? And if not, why? So for one, I, I just want to re restate what you said because I think it was bars uh, or, or for those <laughs> from a different generation, I think it was substantive. <laughs> Complacency juxtaposes godly comfort yet promote self-sustaining comfort. I'm going to say that again. Complacency juxtaposes godly comfort, yet promotes self-sustaining comfort, the illusion of comfort. Mm. That's a word. Um, and some of y'all thought juxtaposition only worked for good. Oh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. As quiet as it's kept, you can mm-hmm. juxtapose good with evil and let mm-hmm. that sink in. Yeah, And you have to ask yourself, who is it that wants you to lean into this prideful delusion, self-sustaining comfort that Elsie mentions? And I'll give you a hint. It's not God. We all know those comfortable friends, family members. Some of us may look in the mirror and realize we're too comfortable. And what has that resulted in? Right. Again, I'll let that sink in. But leaning back, bro, into Second Corinthians, this is my good brother Paul, Apostle Paul, speaking here. And he was a man, as we many of us know, he was a man of mighty faith, mighty valor, valor, valor and mighty uh, impact, yet he suffered immensely. However, Christians who were experiencing afflictions, they were able to actually have an example of how to persevere despite their challenges, because there was a leader in the faith demonstrating the how. Ever wonder why your friends, loved ones, or neighbors never latch into the God you claim to serve? Mm. They and we need a living example, not a perfect one or one who has the ability only to convince themselves that their God exists in their life. Um, But before, bro, I answer your question, let's give a little brief flashback to last week's episode. We want to remind people, bro, of that one life event that drew you closer to Christ. And even to me, was it my success or was it an example that you saw um, with my relationship with Christ? So, yeah, and I know we touched on this a little bit last week. So to jump into that, the example that I recall that drew me closer to Christ personally and to you. Um, that experience, it felt like a Cat 5 hurricane at that time, right? And and I want to be clear, before I even get to the storm of the Cat 5, I want to highlight what I what appeared to me first, which seemed to be your comfort. I was able to see you get blessed after, you know, a great college experience. I, 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 I mean, literally the king, Mr. HBCU, the whole nine, you had all the accolades, moved to your first apartment in Midtown and you know, you had a company car, company phone, you were taking photos with celebrities and at work functions, a whole nine. And and I say all to say, from my vantage point, bro, it seemed like you had life in the bag, um, literally as soon as you started your career. And I had no true insight at that time of like what your struggles or career struggles were. However, I personally was struggling to keep my military career afloat. Um, and, and I know that it wasn't very long, a few months go by. And I remember I got a, 
random phone call from you as I was cleaning my garage. And it was how you sounded. And this is what it sounded to me. It was, you was like, hey, bro, just wanted to let you know, I just got to let go from my job and they're taking my company phone. I got to make some arrangements to get a new one, but all's well. I'll be fine. I just want to let you know. I'm not sure what I said, but I believe I just said, okay, love you. And we hung up. It was a very quick phone call. Um, and for one, I never heard someone be so calm delivering what felt to me like devastating information. Um, you were the first person I truly knew that was close to that lost their job. Um, and in fact, because my career was at risk, I went into a panic, literally. Like, I remember, like, grabbing the wall, and I was like, oh, my God. Uh, because like, and, and again, your boy's faith, Elsie's faith, I, I wasn't there, wasn't present at all, if I'm honest, right? right? And I remember my um moments after we got the phone, my wife came into the garage and she like saw my face and she was like, what happened? And I told her, I told her exactly what you had said. And then I followed up with like, I don't understand. God actually loves him <laughs> and he lost his job. I said, now if he lost his job... <laughs> I'm screwed. There's no like God actually loves this dude. Like, what is going on? And and you know, we talk about this in like season one, but talk about denying the power thereof, right? Yeah. And and I believed God more for you than I did myself. Mm. And then as time went on, or as moments went on, I saw how you stayed close to God. You became you. I remember you actually even came to my house for a few days, not too long after. And when you came to my house, bro, you wasn't bitter. You didn't act like a victim or even talk ill of those who didn't help you while you were treading water throughout your career. You 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 never talked about anything from a negative standpoint. However, you did talk about God's love. You made sure that you was in your word, putting yourself in front of a ministry that was empowering you with good word. And from there, bro, not only did you get your new job within a matter of weeks, maybe a month if that. Your faith improved so much so that I watched you grow and develop over the years in a way that after losing your first job, I got to witness you survive. And this is through over the course of maybe four or five years after mm -hmm. that. Not one, not two, but at least three to four different company restructures, meaning cats were getting cut off, fired, yeah. let go. Your own bosses, people yeah. that you were mentoring were getting let go. Yet, I watched God take care of you. Mm -hmm. and cover you mm -hmm. as if he was saying the fact that you had this experience that you lost before you will never experience this again because you trusted me thank you jesus and that bro that for me was life-changing um to see how you handled that situation and i was able to again go through a very similar experience because I had to take some notes from you because I wound up losing my military career. And I, and again, I, I didn't handle it the same way that you did. And we could dig into that a little bit later. But however, you laid down a foundational path that to this day has given me a comfort that feels immovable because it's entwined with the understanding that my God loves me the same way he loves you. Mm -hmm. But in order for me to know what was comfort, I had to see a man of God actually walk through the valley of shadow of death, yeah. not fearing evil, not being comforted by anybody but the Lord's presence. Mm -hmm. In the midst of all that you appear to be lacking, mm -hmm. the disappointment and the suffering, mm -hmm. you never, and I want to say this again for the people in the back, you never played victim, mm -hmm. even though you could have. 
you never was asking people for you never called, hey bro, I need twenty dollars to, to, to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. You you didn't move back home to mom and dad's house. You didn't do none of that. Mm-hmm. You were actually locked in intentionally to the only source that could provide you peace and comfort. Again, not your mama, not your daddy, not your brother, not no yeah. girl. God, that was it. And yeah. you operated with the spirit telling God to remember his promises that he said to you, that mm-hmm. he said to all of us. And mm-hmm. what some of those promises look like or, or or how I foresaw you even having that conversation will be what I will see in Psalms uh, chapter 119, verse 49 through 50, where it says, remember always the word you promised to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, mm-hmm. that your word has revived me and given me life. Amen. These promises that God has made available for us all so that, again, why not me, right? And, and obviously, at the time of the experiences that you were having, I had a heightened respect and love for you as my brother because you stay grounded in faith despite your circumstances. So, so again, if I understand the promises that God made, why not have an experience that may feel a little rough to see his glory at the end of the day? And again, because you was an example for something bigger than just yourself, which was me and my family. Amen. So to y'all listening, a brother had to suffer in order to bring perspective, wisdom, and godly comfort to my family because if God could save, use, and build me, he could do the same thing for them. Yes. Who am yes. I but a mere God man? For yes. those who know, no. But I digress. And back to your question, apologies for taking you down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but no, I to answer your question, I do not believe the concept of suffering to experience godly comfort is often practiced or even often understood. Why? Because we are often living for the paycheck, the vacations, the Instagram likes, or said another way, the validation from humans who are here today, gone tomorrow, or even Mm. those cultural fads that come and go. We often forget that the God we claim to believe, claim to serve, and claim to love, he has put us here for a purpose, particularly in the tumultuous, the crazy times that we live in. And Mm -hmm. the purpose I'm referring to is the one tied to your creator's will, not yours. Although that hobby that you have is nice, but who is it mm-hmm. really serving? Mm-hmm. If all we're doing is being a consumer or touting our goodness, yet giving nothing back to God's kingdom, what's the point of all of this? But let's jump back into 2 Corinthians. I'm going to slide over to chapter 4, verse 17 through 18. In the English Standard Version, it says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, Mm. is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Mm. While we do not look at the things which we see, but the things which are not seen. Mm. And bro, oftentimes... We refuse to let God mold us, shape us, define us, and build us into the people who can benefit anyone other than ourselves or even benefit anyone beyond the physical things we have to offer. And often, we barely want to give up the physical things we have. Yep. Yep. We get so consumed in this world that our affliction seems so heavy. That's why we're running to the comfort. 
Mm. That's what that's why we don't have the opportunity to allow those experiences to actually draw us to Christ. They draw us to the comfort that does nothing for us. Mm. Literally nothing for us. Nothing. So these moments, they are supposed to work things out in us. They were intended to produce something. Again, back to the experience that you, you, you had through my life experience with my career. I, a brother, I was broke. I was <laughs> broken and I was alone, literally. Yeah. And it would have been real easy for me to run back home. Heck, dad said I could. Yep. yep but I with remember. the right, right perspective, excuse me, with the right spiritual perspective mm -hmm. that comes from the right spiritual food, assuming you're eating as much of that spiritual food as you are those Funyuns sitting in your pantry. <laughs> with the right spiritual perspective, you understand that those afflictions are light and yes. just for a moment. And they're also doing what, Elsie? Mm. They are working something out far greater within us, through us, giving us the ability to see purpose through our problems, leading yes. to what the comfort that only God can provide. Not the couch, not your man, not the money, not the food. Yep. Only yep. God can provide this comfort through rich perspective and gentle care that only he can provide. People cannot even try to replicate what God can do. That part. So to round this off real quick, in, in the words of Tony Evans, um, got to use my Bible commentary here. He says, if our tribulations seem long and heavy, we're looking at the wrong thing. Mm. If our, I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. Mm. If our tribulations seem long and heavy, we're looking at the wrong thing. And if all you see is what you see, if all you see is what you see, then you don't see all there is to be seen. Mm. In mm. short, bro, mm. we need an eternal perspective, yeah. one that goes beyond this life to be able to attempt to get beyond this comfortable complacency that ultimately is leading us somewhere and a place many of us don't want to go. Yeah. And yeah, my hope yeah. is that our, specifically our consistent listeners, you all are ready to break free from what God, well, from what you have been bound, bound to that couch, yeah. um, that laziness, that, that, yeah. that, 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 you know, stiff neckness. Come on now. And lean into all that God has available for you, which has a domino effect to everyone yes. around you, whether you realize it or not, especially y'all who got kids. Mm, that part, that part. And, and bro, to, to that point, for when I love your vulnerability right now, because one thing that does stress me sometimes is where, you know, people would just appear like, oh, you guys just have it all together. And it's like, dude, if you could actually be in my life right now, you would know right. that that's a lot. So, this vulnerability is very critical for our listeners. And at this moment, I want to give God glory and praise for our listeners who are currently, currently reflecting on their own similar experiences that they may have had. Yeah. And, and I wanted to be clear that, that, that this is a time to be reminded that you're free from the shame of your experiences, mm -hmm. the shame of your loss, the, the, the lack of understanding, understand that everything that you've experienced works together for God's good for those who love and believe in him. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing is, it's hard to stay complacent once you've seen the truth of life. Like you, it's, it's almost like, again, 
getting yourself in shape, going to the gym, and then after five, ten years of being in a gym consistently, you're just like, you know what? I'm not doing it anymore. I'm just gonna get fat. Like that's it's 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 gonna that's so devastating, right? And the desire to just be comfortable with your own works, that's the gateway to your disappointment. Mm. Then you find you find yourself, and again, I'm actually I want to say that one more time. Mm-hmm. You're being comfortable with your own works, with everything that you just laid out earlier, JC. That is the gateway to our disappointment. And for those of us that have been teetering with this Christianity thing, we, we find ourselves making statements like, why would God allow me to experience this? Mm-hmm. If he loved me so much, why I got to go through this? Why did I lose my job? Why did I lose my child? Why did I lose this? Why? It, we, 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 we become perplexed. Yeah. And because of that wrong perspective, that's what develops our bitterness, our frustration, even, and I say this reluctantly, but it even breeds our anger towards God mm. due to our lack of understanding of his nature and his purpose in our lives. And don't be, the, the thing is, I, the reason why that's so important is because I don't want my friends and family members being destroyed by a lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Because a lack of knowledge that's the lifeline to complacency, people. Facts. And, and to that point, I want to go back to, you, you gave a nod to, I, I quickly Googled, it's Romans 8, 28. Um, and we know that all things work together for good to them mm-hmm. that love God. So there's a caveat or there's a, there's a role you play in this yes. thing. Right? Yes. So, yes. so uh, you, you got to ensure that you love God, not with just your mouth. Not just mm. with the me- mechanics of showing up at church because mm. your, your grandmama told you to, mm. but you also understand that you have a role to play and a purpose with bringing his will to this, this, this life. If, if you didn't listen, I mean, we, we ended season, season one real strong. Kingdom come, listen to that. If, if you don't yeah. listen to nothing from season one, listen to that and, and remove the mask. Listen to those two. Those are the, 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 the last two before the season finale, but but anyway, um, I, I really, bro, I really want to encourage our listeners to, 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 to run from comfortability as fast as they can, because I don't think we, I don't think we realize the risk. I think we got to like, let's, let's double click one more time. Like yeah, the risk of compl- comfortable complacency in our life. I think there's so much more that we can highlight from this conversation. There, there's so much at stake when we lean into comfortability. There's so yeah. much that we're missing, so much that we're wasting. And, and, and subsequently, eventually, there's so much that we walk into, mm-hmm. whether we realize it or not. Or there's mm-hmm. so much that we're walking away from, whether we realize it or not. When we lean into this comfortable complacency, oh, because I'm grown. I ain't got to do it. I went to church. I paid my tithes, so I'm mm, good. Mm. I ain't got to do none of that, nothing more. That's just for the, that's for LC and JC. They the podcast hosts. Mm. <laughs> Man, I, I, yo, I'm over here just shaking my head because you, <laughs> you're 100% right, dude. So, bro, like... <laughs> Just, like, can we? Uh, I just how how does like how does this comfortable complacency like round us out, bro? How does this comfortable complacency impact those around us, including our children, this dying world that we're designed to impact? Like, what what, what are we leaving on the table? 
And, you know, and I love that you calling that part out, you know, who does it impact? Because unfortunately, because we live in such a selfish world, we are naturally, most of us are naturally selfish. You don't even realize yeah, it. Because, and, and, and I want to be clear, the ones that deny that are not selfish, most of the time you are the most selfish. The most selfish. <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm saying it it is to be real. It is. Yeah, I'm just saying to be real. Because at the end of the day, how we impact others, that more importantly than I think anything else, we're going to be called on that, right? So again, bro, it goes back to the question that I had asked earlier. What are we finding our comfort in? Because if it's not God, then it will lead to complacency. And if your comfort is in fact that you graduated college, you got promoted to full bird colonel, or you're an executive on your board, you right. made the, the senior leadership team, you know, may, maybe your comfort can be in you doing the same thing over and over. I'm retired. I ain't got to do nothing. I just, I just relive the same day every day like it's Groundhog's Day because that makes you feel safe because you, you, right. earn, you earned it in your mind. If these things alone bring you comfort because you, again, you made it, you checked the box, or you feel like what's the point of struggling to learn about this God and his son Jesus because, hey, look at the news. Everything sucks, right? The economy sucks. Wars are going on, political division, et cetera, et cetera. So why try to improve when there's no hope? And I'm afraid that with that mindset, especially if you have a wife, a husband, children, a sibling, you're leading them, your family down a dark path that leads to destruction of no peace, no wholeness. But if we juxtapose the last few lines of thinking I just illustrated and look at Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 through 12, it says, for I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for your disaster to give you a future and a hope. Mm -hmm. Then you will call on me. And you will come and pray to me and I will hear your voice and I will listen to you. I'm going to take it a step further. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. Say that again. We are not able to plan our own course. We sure try to. That part. So correct me, verse 24. So correct me, Lord, but please be gentle. Don't correct me in anger, for I would die. So with that being said, the question with everything we've been kind of wrapping around here, my question would be after hearing this, after understanding that your comfortable complacency has a significant impact, are you comfortably complacent right now? Is, is it? Your, your life that you realize, do you realize you're putting it at risk? Or is it that you're so complacent that it's allowing you to believe that you're able to play your own course? You don't believe that you're risking the very future of your children. As I said earlier, your spouses, your employees. Only God knows the plans for you and for me. And if he's going to correct you, I want to be clear. I don't know if anybody else has been corrected by God, but... uh. <laughs> 
it, it makes me uncomfortable. The stings. So, it, boy, boy it, he says that uh, wisdom is like a cattle prong. They, ain't that what you say in Proverbs? Yeah. So, so you, you're going to be uncomfortable when he is correcting you, right? But at the same time, that uncomfortability, that's what doesn't allow me to be complacent. Mm-hmm. However, though, that's based on your fear and acceptance of the Lord God, right? So fearing the Lord and having acceptance of him, that's what's going to lead you to being okay with being uncomfortable, right? So this topic should lead us all to having some form of self-reflecting time with God so that you can check your own current heart posture. Right. And if you feel the opposite, meaning that you don't feel like you need to reflect that, you know, this is, you know, what's being said is not really a big deal, then I would caution that you may be in danger of not just destroying yourself, but your family due to a lack of knowledge. Mm. Right. And, and, and again, the impacts that we have do matter even outside of our home. So for example, my, my oldest son has his best friend who's, you know, they're, they're in college and stuff like that. And his best friend is kind of like, like little nephew for me. I, and I just saw him a few days ago uh, when he came to stay at my house and I had asked him, I said, how's school going, man? And, um, and I said, I hope you haven't spent too much time at parties and chasing girls and stuff. I hope you've been, you know, focusing on that schoolwork or whatever. And, you know, we laughed about it. He said, you know, sir, I, I've been focused. He said, I remember what you told me before I went to college. He said, mm. he said, you told me if I find myself having way too much fun, then something is wrong. Mm. And that causes me to redirect my attention. So lastly, for the audience, how are you allowing God to redirect your attention? Because if you're not, then you're really comfortably complacent right now. And that should be honestly concerning. Very. Um, And this goes beyond the, the current life because in theory you could say, well, yeah, I hear y'all. Y'all say I have I have an impact on my family, but we doing well. We just bought a house. My kids, you know, they getting good grades. They right. in college. They this, but if if we believe in this God thing, we believe in this devil thing. If we believe in this 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 uh, heaven thing, we believe in this hell thing. It's funny, bro. I actually saw a statistic recently. I don't have the number off the top of my head, but. There's a, a there's a significant difference in the percentage of Christians who believe in a God versus those who believe in a devil heaven Mm. versus those who believe in hell and to your point earlier people are perishing because of lack of knowledge and i I gotta i gotta for those who who stuck around season one you may be triggered a little bit but i gotta go to matthew 7 right 21 not Mm -hmm. everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven on that day verse 22 on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we Mm. not prophesy in your name Mm. and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? I'll Mm. let you read 23 for yourself. Mm. Um, But I also want to really quickly jump over to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13, as we wrap up. Um, Excuse me, 1 Peter verse 3, verses 14. um, And it says, but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor mm. be troubled. Mm. Um, and I just want to say, uh, God does not reward comfortable complacency. No, he does not. God cannot use comfortable complacency the way he desires to use you. 
Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, bro, I had to think about Thanksgiving, um, you know, which crazy is, it feels like a distant memory now. But, <laughs> um, yeah. You and I know, and everybody on this phone probably knows family can be tough. Yeah. We love each other, but it can be tough when everybody, all the different types of personalities and opinions and yep. gets in a room. Yep. And a lot of was, spirits. A lot of a lot of spirits. <laughs> what was different about this year is that we didn't allow ourselves to lean into comfortability. Yeah. Yeah. We pushed ourselves into a different dimension allowing God's will to be done. We sat together as a family. We yep. focused on the word of God. We poured into one another. Yeah. We honored our parents. We were gentle. We were kind. We allowed the time we spent with God to be a byproduct of our activities with the ones we loved. And, and what did that turn into? It turned into, I can't even Peace. like, Peace. yes, Peace. that's a pass all understanding. Yes, yes, yes. It wasn't just about the the great food because my wife she did an amazing job. She did the love that followed with the food, the 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 or that came before we even sat down. It was amazing. I want to be clear, y'all. When we had this Thanksgiving situation, my brother came to my house like TD Jakes. Okay, I want to be clear. It was it was a beautiful experience. However, however, to your point though, bro, it was uncomfortable at first. Okay, can I, let me let me call it for what let's it is. Let's talk about it. Like, like let's call it what it is. Like when you sat down and you had your, you know, your setup of what we were gonna discuss and everything like that. I was like, boy, what are we about to get into now? Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, I was in tears. That's the beauty of shedding off comfortable complacency. Yeah. And 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 it wasn't just a moment. Like our no. family shortly thereafter, we went on a fast together. Yeah. Right. We we saw breakthrough together. We yeah. saw just God coming through, just knocking down strongholds and opening doors. And when I tell you, comfortability is only limiting what God has made available for you. Yeah. And you know, I just as we think about our purpose again, all things working together for the good, um, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Um, you know, I, I got to give one additional nod to Tony Evans from his commentary. He says, Christians must be a strong witness for Jesus with their lives so mm -hmm. that they have an opportunity to be a strong witness for Jesus with their words. Mm. You're, you, you could do a lot of talking, but if that mm. life ain't, if that life ain't showing the result, that part, God in this season, he is not looking for spectators, but he is looking for players in the game. Get off the bench. Mm -hmm. Stop making excuses. Refuse to let the enemy convince you otherwise. Yeah. And juxtapose your reality in this season. Mm -hmm. This this year, truly, I mean, we in the first month, it, it has the ability to, to 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 set the foundation for the 11 months to come. But yep. No time like the present. No, no time, time like the present. present. But the ball is in your court. Mm -hmm. But friends, we we uh we'll we'll be back next Friday. Y'all know the deal. Uh and until next time, this is juxtaposition. <laughs>